Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that delivers a daily dose of little-known history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about the invaluable work of Valdemar Hofkin, a pioneering vaccine researcher who risked his own life to save the lives of others. The day was January 10th, 1897. Ukrainian scientist Valdemar Hofkin injected himself with a vaccine he created to combat bubonic plague. Five months earlier, Bombay, India, now known as Mumbai, had been struck by a potent epidemic of bubonic plague. With the death toll rising, the government had asked Hofkin to help develop a vaccine as fast as possible. It was a tall order, but Hofkin had worked a similar miracle before, when a cholera pandemic swept through Asia and Europe several years earlier. And so, with a skeleton crew of untrained assistants working in a two-room laboratory, Hofkin set to work on what would become the world's first anti-plague vaccine. In December 1896, he used an early version of the vaccine to successfully inoculate rabbits against the plague. Then, after a bit more tinkering, he was ready to start human trials just one month later. However, instead of subjecting others to the unproven treatment, Hofkin chose to use himself as a guinea pig, just as he had done before with his cholera vaccine. Valdemar Hofkin was born on March 15, 1860, in Odessa, Ukraine. At the time, Ukraine was part of the Russian Empire, and many Jewish families living there, including his own, were often targeted by violent anti-Semitic riots called pogroms. Historically, Russia didn't have much of a Jewish population, but that changed once it annexed Ukraine and other former territories of the Ottoman Empire. The Russian aversion to Jewish culture resulted in concerted government efforts to expel Jews from Ukraine and the surrounding regions. 
pogroms weren't officially sanctioned by the government, but they were tacitly approved, as nothing was done to prevent them or to prosecute those responsible. One of those pogroms took place in Odessa in 1881, and it forever changed the life of Valdemar Hofkin. At the time, he was a zoology student at the city's university, as well as a member of the Odessa League of Self-Defense, a civic group that sought to protect the local Jewish community from violence. When a pogrom broke out there in 1881, Hofkin was among those who fought to defend a Jewish man's home against an attack from Russian army cadets. He was beaten and arrested for his actions, but thanks to the intervention of his university mentor, Professor Eli Mechnikov, Hofkin was eventually released. He continued his studies at the university and went on to graduate with a doctorate in science in 1884. He had hoped to stay on at the university as a professor, but because of his Jewish heritage, that chance was denied him. Instead, he traveled to Paris, where he took a position alongside his mentor at the prestigious Louis Pasteur Institute, the world leader in bacterial research at the time. He made several strides in the field during his time there, but Hopkins' first major breakthrough came in 1892, when he began work on a preventive vaccine for cholera. With a cholera pandemic surging across two continents, Hofkin knew time was of the essence. He injected himself with the experimental vaccine that same year, and thankfully survived without negative side effects. The success made him eager to try the vaccine on a large group, so with the permission of the British colonial government, he traveled to India in 1893 to do just that. Early trials proved the efficacy of Hofkin's vaccine, and over the next several years, it was steadily distributed throughout India and beyond. Given that remarkable success, it's no surprise that Hofkin was called in to help again when a bubonic plague epidemic broke out in India in September of 1896. Initially, the British government downplayed the outbreak as they hoped to keep Bombay's valuable shipping ports open for business. However, the deadly disease continued to spread unchecked through the densely populated city, claiming lives at nearly twice the rate of cholera. When the death toll became too large to ignore, the city's governor implored Hofkin to once again develop a life-saving vaccine. Despite the enormity of his task, Hofkin was afforded very few resources. He was set up in a small lab, consisting of a single room plus a hallway, and was assigned only one clerk and three amateur assistants to help him. Two of those assistants wound up quitting, unable to handle the pressure, and the third reportedly suffered a nervous breakdown. Hofkin carried on regardless, relying on the same approach he had used when developing his treatment for cholera. This involved combining microbes of the plague bacteria, which was carried by fleas that fed on rodents, with the toxic products they produced. The result was a single injection vaccine, ready for human trials after a mere three months of development. It was that form of the vaccine that Hofkin tested on himself on January 10, 1897. It was a risky move, but he was so confident in his work that he actually injected a significantly higher dose than the one planned for wider testing. Instead of 3 cc's of the serum, he gave himself 10. Thankfully, Hopkins' faith in the vaccine was not misplaced, and aside from pain at the injection site and a two-day-long fever, he experienced no major side effects. A few weeks later, Hofkin traveled to a Bombay jail that was in the grips of a severe plague outbreak. 
he inoculated 147 inmates who volunteered to receive the shot and left 172 prisoners untreated as a control group. In the days that followed, there were 12 cases and 6 deaths among the unvaccinated, and just 2 cases and 0 deaths among the vaccinated. Based on those results, Hopkins' vaccine was declared a success, and over the course of the next year, it was administered to hundreds of thousands of people, saving countless lives in the process. For the second time in his life, Valdemar Hofkin had done the impossible. He had created a viable vaccine for a deadly disease from scratch and in record time. As thanks for his efforts, he was knighted by Queen Victoria and was later appointed Director-in-Chief of the Plague Research Laboratory in Bombay. He was given new facilities and a staff of more than 50 people to direct, and the vaccine he created and tested on himself became the foundation for a refined and even more effective formula, providing greater protection against the bubonic plague than ever thought possible. Unfortunately, the good times didn't last long for Hofkin. In March of 1902, disaster struck in a small village in Punjab, when 19 people died from tetanus after receiving Hopkins' vaccine. 88 other villagers were inoculated that same day without incident, leading investigators to conclude that the dose received by the 19 victims had been contaminated. Initial evidence pinned the blame on Hopkins' lab in Bombay, where the fatally contaminated bottle had been prepared several weeks earlier. The ensuing scandal destroyed Hopkins' reputation. He was stripped of his position as the head of the research lab and left India in disgrace shortly after. It took five years of further inquiry for the truth to be revealed. It turned out Hopkins' lab wasn't the one at fault after all. Instead, it was the person on site who administered the vaccine that day. Their careless preparation wound up contaminating the bottle after it had been opened. The news vindicated Hofkin, and he was quickly invited back to India, where he assumed the role of director-in-chief at the Calcutta Biological Laboratory. However, things were never quite the same. Despite his name being cleared, Hofkin was barred from conducting trials and was only permitted to carry out theoretical research from then on. He lamented those undue restrictions in a letter to a colleague, writing, quote, the whole of the unjust punishment has been placed and remains on me quite as before. On every occasion, in print and in speech, it is repeated and kept alive that I was and am responsible for the case. Discouraged though he was, Hofkin persisted in his research until his retirement in 1915. He returned to France that same year and later moved to Lucerne, Switzerland, where he lived alone until his death on October 26, 1930, at the age of 70. He had returned to his homeland of Ukraine only once before his passing, and then only briefly. By that point, Russia had become the Soviet Union, and there was little left of the culture he'd known in his youth. Joseph Lister, the British pathologist and pioneer of antiseptic surgery, once referred to Hofkin as, quote, the savior of humanity. It's an exceptional title for a man who few have heard of today, but going strictly by the numbers, it's a pretty fitting one. Between 1897 and 1925, 26 million doses of Hofkin's plague vaccine were distributed, and tests of the vaccine's efficacy revealed a reduction in mortality between 50 and 85 percent. 
So while it's impossible to know exactly how many lives he saved, it was far more than most people gave him credit for. All these years later, Valdemar Hofkins still hasn't gotten his full due, but there is at least one place where his name is still held in reverence. In 1925, five years before his death, the laboratory he once directed in Mumbai was renamed the Hofkin Institute in his honor. Today, the researchers there continue his work, developing new ways to fight infectious diseases and to better the lives of the people of India and of all mankind. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also get in touch with me directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.